What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number nine of the Dudality Podcast, where our motto is living comfortably uncomfortable. My name is Ian Perez, as always, joined by Jonathan Mercado, Victor Rivera, and Chris Dora, or four ordinary dudes with extraordinary dreams. What's up, baby? You were going to kick it off to me. I was waiting for the kickoff. No, it was just the, I just threw, threw the, the silent ooh. We're on there the was same. a silent ooh. I read you, so I got it. Appreciate <laughs> you. But man, let's go ahead and start it off with, you know, how was y'all's week? Give me some positives from this past week. Uh, man, positives. Uh, we, uh, my wife's birthday was yesterday, so that was cool. We were pretty much out all day. Um, so uh, she had a good birthday, man. I got her, uh, bought her a uh, digital uh, camera, like one of those good cameras. DSLR. Uh, DSLR. DSLR. So. Clean. Uh, mm. So I was cool. Uh, it's a Canon T7, so she's excited about that. She's playing with it. She's um, she takes good pictures, good editing skills, so she can put that to work. For a second, I thought you bought it for her, but was going to use it for the podcast. That's exactly I was like, "Oh, you smooth!" I was like, "Oh, you smooth!" <laughs> oh, baby, happy birthday! But let me get it out of the weekend. Let me go ahead and use it real quick. <laughs> I thought about it. I'm just kidding. But um, nah, so it was cool. Um, so we had a lot of fun. Pretty much out like, all day yesterday. Took it to her like, restaurant and her spot. Yeah. It's good. Now, shout out to uh, your wife, man, for taking that leap of faith and starting <laughs> her own business. The launch date was actually on her birthday, which was yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yesterday. We got one over. Nice, man. So it's cool. All right, what else we got going on, fellas? Uh, yesterday was first for me. Like It was the first time I did an escape room. Um, I've been wanting to do one. Yeah, no, like uh, like an actual escape room. Yeah, and I've been wanting to do one for years, but my wife never wanted to do it because she thought I wouldn't listen to her, which it's not true. But that's just that was just in her head, so she didn't want to do it. But um, yeah, we went with a group of people for someone else's birthday, um, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Which one did y'all do? uh, We did the escape game like in downtown in austin and yeah yeah and I've done that one i've done a virtual one and i've done the one that was right here by in round rock so I done yeah we did that one forever ago i realized real fast that i'm not the person to have those critical <laughs> thinking skills in the moment did you guys I'm complete it or i'm the guy that messes around <laughs> i'm the mess around guy really don't add any value but entertainment <laughs> I'm pretty sure when we did one in, it was forever ago. I think when you first started CG, we did one in the Oh, yeah, in we Round did Rock. one. And I'm pretty sure you broke something to where we couldn't get to the next stage because I was broke. trying to use bronze. <laughs> Yo, I was trying to use my bronze. <laughs> That's cool. Did y'all get out? Yeah, we, we got out with like just under, it was like five minutes and 56 seconds left. Sure. That was pretty good. I did that one time. We didn't get out. Whatever happened, yeah. we didn't get out. I didn't close. <laughs> that's funny mr ian um, what you got baby uh last week actually last week was chill i had a lot of trainings for work so it was a lot of death by powerpoint um i worked out pretty con- somewhat consistent i think i did cg once or twice my body hated me for it um yeah. like i was telling y'all before we first started this podcast or this episode i i was actually in the gym for the first time like in two months so it actually felt good to be pushing up some weight. I felt 
felt beefy at the end of it. That that jump pump. pump. Get a little yeah. pump. I like it. Well, well yeah. you know, a positive for for me and Chris is I mean, we got to well, we hit a roadblock. And uh cool thing about this roadblock, it could have it could have made or break somebody. It could have made or break somebody. So we are we were talking to one of our brokers that we've been communicating for the past three weeks and it's been a hit or miss. She's extremely busy. She, she's the goat. She's the, she's the one that literally knows all the ins and outs to what we're trying to do, which is the burn method. She's done it a thousand different times. She is the main person. Um, when we bought this course, she's the one that does everything. And so now she's super busy because everybody's getting funneled to her and the communications wasn't there. And so I was trying to set a schedule a meeting and it was just back and forth. And so I texted uh, the main guy, Jamal King, which he runs the course. He taught the course and I didn't know if the number really worked, right? He gave us his number. Didn't really didn't know, but I was like, Hey, I'm just going to go ahead and shoot him a message. Why not? And I texted him. I said, Hey, you know, our broker is really, she seems very busy. Is there any other brokers that you would recommend? And uh, so the reason we bought this course was because they literally had, every all the experts that we needed to get our project done right so it mitigate risk these people have been doing it and so we want to use their team and so i was expecting a list of brokers and his response was i suggest you find your own broker create your own legacy fire mart and yo i had to literally i couldn't text chris at that moment in time because I got a little emotional, right? You know, the first thing I was all trying to type something, erased it, type something again, erase it. I was in the moment of kind of frustration because I literally paid for this course to have your team who's been doing this to mitigate my risk, all right, of my investment. And so I was like, oof, like I, I was hot, man. It was late at night too. It's like 9 p.m. I was about to go to bed. Couldn't go to bed, obviously. And so... I was looking at it and I was looking at it and I was looking at it and most people would have just stopped, bro. Like that would have, that would have just said up, oh, you know what, right now it's probably not the good time, a thousand different excuses, right? Cause now it's higher risk. But I looked at it and the next day I sent it to Chris, which is my business partner here. And I could have, I could have put a lot of unnecessary pressure on Chris and be like, yo, I could have vented, duh, 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 duh. like, yo, he's trying to say we need to find our own stuff. We bought this course. I could have played victim. Like I could have like done a lot of things that could have damaged Chris and myself if I would have put my emotion on Chris. But instead I got solution oriented. Like I, I got in the moment, I'm like, bet, this is the challenge. You know what? He's right. I need to, I need to learn how to hunt on my own, right? I can do this. Like I've been reading about it. I've done, like I put in my reps. Now it's time to take action. And so I sent Chris the text. I said, I'm already looking for brokers right now with action steps. Like I didn't even put like, oh my God, why did he send this text to us? I sent him the text and I said, I'm already looking for brokers right now. I'll have some in a little bit. And literally this past week we had, I had two interviews with the broker and then, and then April reached back out to me. We got a meeting on Monday bro yeah and i was and when as soon as you told me about it i started looking for other brokers too and i had a couple that i had lined up that i was going to reach out to but then you told me that you had found one that who's that had been part of the program as well and and that was what i was hoping for was someone that 
was, was that knew the program the was still within the system. Um, so it worked out in that sense. Um, that we, so we have a couple options that are familiar with the system. So, yeah. so not but we have backups the, if they don't work out. Yeah, not only do we get the GOAT now, we have an option to speak with her. We all have some brokers lined up and ready to go. But man, that, that could have done some damage if I didn't have the right mind space and I wasn't in the, like, I didn't let my emotions react. Instead, I responded and became solution oriented. And I thought that was just big. Like that was a big turning point. I was like, and because I put in those reps, opportunities just started popping. Like boom, 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 because I didn't let my emotions uh, take control. So I thought that was cool, man. That's huge, dude. Because any, any man, if their pride's checked, it's like cussing somebody out. Like I put this money in there. You're supposed to help me out. No, so big that's too. big, big, yeah, big kudos to that, brother. That's awesome. Yeah, good job being solution oriented. So uh, and not letting that robot kind of uh, what is it? Uh, kind of bring you down. Not only that, down. yeah, just not put leaking that to my partner is what I was most proud of. Is I didn't let that leak to Chris. I immediately that's another, like, that's another win for you though, because. You like your personality is so headstrong that you were empathetic. You were empathetic towards your partner without even like giving him that that burden. So you already thought ahead. So that's I think that's two wins for you in that in my book. It was good. I was it was I was a I was proud of that moment, guys. That's why I was speaking about it. And because because we we decided to take actions, opportunities started opening. I bet you if I would have turned negative, opportunities probably wouldn't have started opening for me. Oh yeah, we had had some closed doors. That's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And uh, you know, we always have a little, a little topic about you know things about us. And the little topic today is going to be, you know, what is your pet peeve? Smacking. <laughs> Smacking. Yeah. Smacking. Talking about. Uh, yes. <laughs> is that yours? Like, like, oh, bro, like the ones that just salivate their food to like. Mm. I want to like flip the tape. I just, oh my God. Apparently there's like some disorder like that. There's a name for it. I can't do it. And like, I love my wife and my daughter to death, but they can make literally the softest food crunch. Oh my God. I'll, Bro, I'm, same. Uh, <laughs> same. I'm, a, I, I'm leading to something. I'm leading to something. So Victor, what is yours? Uh, I would say a couple of things, but I guess the worst thing right now is if you leave, uh, you leave food at the bottom of the sink, you know, you put your plate and then you leave food in the bottom of the sink and then turn on the sink and then it just fills up because yeah. there's food at the bottom of, of the, the drain, you know? Okay. So you leave, you leave, instead of like throwing the food away at, in the trash and then putting your plate or, or rinsing your plate, you leave all the chunks of food in your plate and then yeah. You know, oh, I was just or, or leaving it on the plate so it sticks and just cakes to it. Oh yeah, that's that's oh. terrible. Wow. Yeah. So, so. Alright, Chris, what yeah. you got, man? Um, I'm trying to think because I feel like there's a lot of things that are like minor, but like I'm trying to think of one that really gets to me, and I, I'm kind of blanking right now. Dude, when you're driving, people don't put a blinker on. That drives me nuts. <laughs> that drives me nuts, man. All right, while you think about it, I'm about to lead to the story. I'm I'm glad Victor did not say smacking. I was in the car with this guy. We were driving to an event, and he was slamming on an egg Salvadorian <laughs> sandwich. And never in my entire 
freaking life have I heard somebody smack so hard in their food so aggressively <laughs> as if they knew that was my pet peeve. Literally, the whole conversation, I could not comprehend what he was saying because, like, I was eating pretty bad. I was all like, that must have been a good sandwich because no, my heart <laughs> was about to explode, but I didn't want to be rude because he was clearly did not know what he was like, did not know. Like, cause he was enjoying his food so much, man. He was like literally <laughs> the biggest bites. The mouth was wide open. I felt like you could just see the food coming off of his mouth. This, the smack was so big that there was just like splattering on my car dash. I was like, <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> I felt like this guy hasn't seen food in like 10 years. Now, shout out to whoever made it. I think it was his wife who made it, but that's, it was good. He let me did, he did let me try it, but oh my gosh, Victor. So much self-control. I was up since 4.30, hadn't ate anything. So that was my first time just eating. And I already had, I've been up already, like doing three camps. So, and I was, I'll say this, now that you mentioned it, I was like, uh-huh. I was just downing it. I wasn't even, <laughs> uh, and uh, I was just downing it. This, this right, talks, it was talking to me. So I was like, what am I going to do? Just not say nothing? <laughs> so you smack instead? Of, <laughs> I uh, guess I was. I was even thinking about it. I okay, I thought eat. of a few. I need to ask your wife, are you a smacker? <laughs> no, I was just that one. Just, no, just man, that seems like it was natural. You're in your natural habitat, brother. I wasn't even worrying about you. <laughs> natural. Yeah, so I thought of a couple pet peeves. Um, when people talk on the speakerphone in public places, oh, and they're like loud and they're aggressive <laughs> sometimes, like, like no one wants to hear your conversation. You might, but <laughs> some people might want to oh, hear, but. <laughs> They put it on but, speaker in their talk. Yeah. yeah. And then another one is like when you have like, a, there's a group of people walking like in a hallway or something, they're walking super slow and don't let anyone pass. Or, or when you're being or nice and you let somebody walk across the street and they take every second of the entire day <laughs> that's to walk a good across one, yeah. that street. Okay. I got one that's speaking of that. I it, it irks me. When you're driving on the highway and you're in front of a slow car, even when you're traveling like out of town, there's a slow car in front of you, you switch lanes and you try to speed up so you could pass them and then they speed up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It turned into oh, a race. That too. Because they don't have their cruise control on. So they're constantly like slow and then fast and then slow and then fast. I'm like, no, make up your mind. Like <laughs> just go with the speed limit. So that way I'm always going above the speed limit. So that way I can just go and pass you. I like, don't speed up, bro. Because when I get behind you again, you go slow, like, bro, come, like, oof. All right, man, we got to get on to the topic because I can go on for, like, we all can go on for some days about <laughs> the peeves. Man. So today's topic, guys, is going to be the millionaire money mindset. What do the millionaires do differently that the rest of us don't, right? So they, they treat their money differently. They move it differently. And their mindset is different. And so... Off the bat, guys, what we're just going to do is going to popcorn some things off that you might think millionaires do that we don't. So that way we can create a list of something tangible for anybody listening to be like, oh, man, you know, what? I don't do that. Oh, that's mm, I need to do that right there. So give them some steps. Right. We, we might, we're not going to go in order. So I just want to popcorn of what we learned this past week because, we, you know, we're not millionaires ourselves and we want to be millionaires 
So in order to become millionaires, we need to study the game, right? We got to be curious. And so this entire week, we've all been studying about millionaire money mindset. So off the bat, pop off anything that you felt like that you read that millionaires do that the rest of us don't. Retirement plans, not retirement. Oh yeah, retirement and the, or even uh, life insurance. Boom. Life insurance is the big one because I, I started a, a plan for myself because I will be having three children and a wife that I all support. So if God takes me from this earth, I want them taken care of. But I had no idea that your life insurance policy is almost like a house, like it's with specific uh, types of plans and terms and all that. You can, the money you're putting in eventually hits a point to where like there's either equal or more equity in the money in that bucket compared to what they would get if I, if and when I pass. So that was, that's something I just learned here in the past like a year or two because I had no idea about it. Brother, people don't, even, most people don't even know what life insurance is. Because yeah. when somebody passes away, they reach out to family members, they go fund me's because life insurance doesn't even, it's not even heard of, bro. So talk about breaking the cycle. Victor, add on to that. Yeah, so I was kind of the same boat as Ian as far as I didn't know what life insurance, I thought it was just, you know, based on monthly just to cover you if you, if you die, like if you die. So from a poor mindset, I was like, isn't like kind of like throwing money away? Like, yeah, it's good to have it uh, to just in case. But I was like, I don't, you know, it's, it would, that, that just pays off your funeral or whatever. That's if I was what I was thinking. So, but uh-huh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so just a little bit what uh, Ian was saying. There's two different life insurance, guys. There's going to be your temporary life insurance, which is like you're paying a rent for this high amount in case you die. That money is going to be now uh, transferred to whoever's the beholder, right? Yeah, the, the term insurance. Yeah, there yeah. You go. And the permanent life insurance, that's more of like, it's same thing but it builds, it compounds, it builds interest over time. So that's more like this money is like, it's building, it's a savings account that builds over time. So when you pass, you still get that money trendled down, but also because it compounds over time, you can actually use that money now. Like it just builds. And there's gonna be a certain point in that plan where you stop paying and it still grows. So that's for a little more savvier. It does cost a little bit more, but the benefits of that one is legacy. And I think uh, when most people think of life insurance, they first think of the life insurance they get through work. So it usually covers maybe a year's worth of salary or like two or three, depending on what what plan you pick. Or they think of like term insurance where as long as you keep paying, like you'll get covered for 100,000, 200,000 million, whatever you you set it up for. Um, But yeah, that permanent one was the one I didn't really know about either until until we start looking more into it and there, like you said it's kind of like a savings account and and people don't know this but you like you can actually pull the money out and use it for for investments or use it for different things and and then just put it back into it and mm-hmm. and it's you it's like a, like jonathan was saying it's, it's like a savings account and but you have instead of earning maybe point whatever percent it is um, that you put in a savings account, like through your bank, you're getting about 7%. And so that compound interest, like Jonathan was, had brought up too, is like, it just keeps growing and growing way faster than if you were to just leave that money in a bank, but it is more expensive. Like, uh, it's probably going to cost you a couple hundred a month to put that's a in, mindset. into it. That's yeah. a mindset, right? So that's a priority. Yeah. So that's how, so insur- life insurance, permanent insurance, that's how the wealthy stays wealthy. 
that's how it's passed on for generations and generations. So that is like a number one for millionaires. They want to set the next generation up. And for most of us, that's not even thought when we pass, when we die, go fund me, like, yo, whatever you have, it gets leaked onto your family. Like if you have nothing, they're going to have nothing. Right. And so for a millionaire, they don't want that. So they put that on them now, but that is a priority. So we can keep this money going for years and years and years and generations after generations. So just off the bat right there, if you just do that alone, that's a big win. And then I wanted wanted to say something about it as well. Um, So like when you do the term and like term policies, like say you pass away during while you're in that, while you have that term insurance, it's, you're only going to get whatever that term is for. So if it's 300,000, you're only getting 300,000. But with that permanent, you're building up that money that you're putting into it. Plus you have your whatever plan it was. So if it's, if you set it for a million dollars, it's going to be a million dollars plus whatever you've been putting into it. Plus the compound interest that's been growing from it. Yeah. Now what I like the most about that um, uh, is that it's, it's like a retirement plan as well. Like, you know, um, and and this is what I was thinking because like I was telling, I was telling you, Jonathan, is like, uh, like with, with science technology, you know, uh, that is out there, you can live a lot longer. Like most people, you know, especially us, like men, like we die early or die earlier, like than women. Um, but, uh, so you can, the maturity level, you can choose when, right the uh when you can stop paying meaning at a moment 55 65 normally 65 that's what the retirement age but to where you can stop paying and then the money like say it keeps growing you can pull off it you can pull off it like if it's a retirement plan right um that's what i like about it the most and then we do we do pass away is that you're leaving it for like your other generations all right other generation is set no yeah. question about it. Like you are literally set the next generation up like that, man, that's super important. So just go ahead and move on. Cause we you know there millionaires do a, hot, a whole lot more guys. And so off the bat, what else y'all have that millionaires do? Um, so I, I was going to say with the, as far as retirement plans though, like you have your 401k, like your IRAs, like Roth IRA, um, but people like they put so much money into their 401k. They put money into it thinking, oh, that's going to that's going to take care of me when I'm when I'm older. Um, but like, I mean, the 401k was originally designed to be a supplement to pensions. So like when you retire, you're getting about 70% of what your salary is. I think if I remember correctly, um, you get about 70% of what your salary was. So if you're already struggling with the salary you have to survive, like how are you supposed to survive for 10, 15, 20 plus years? Like after you retire, like that's why you see a lot of older people working at Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever, because they need, they couldn't afford to just live off of that 401k and social security. Yeah, when you say retire, we're thinking on the beach, relaxing, drinking margaritas. That's that's very few people who retire like that if they just go off their 401k retirement at age 65. Cause most likely them dudes are back at work or they're having to sell everything they have, live extremely under their means and still exactly. end up having to go back at work. Um, 
Yeah, man. So, and with the retirement plans and with the life insurance, we wouldn't know all this unless we got what? Wait, can you repeat the question? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. We wouldn't know about the life insurance, the permanent life insurance, the retirement plans, the Roths. Uh, we wouldn't know all that without who? Financial advisor. A financial advisor. Like millionaires, they know. Let's, let's get our experts involved. Got to get the experts involved, right? So without the financial advisor, you only know what you know. All right, so off the bat, majority of the population don't have a financial advisor. They think they're fine with the money they make. Uh, and dude, millionaires, they know how to get mentors. They know how to hire the experts. So if you are somebody sitting in your car or listening right now, and if you don't have any of these things, first step I would say is, hey, let's hire somebody, right? Let's, let's find out more about this because you could set up that next generation and you can retire. You can make yourself a good retirement if you get an expert on your side to help you make that blueprint. What else do millionaires do that most people don't? Make their money work for them. Yeah, they, they invest in assets that pay for their liabilities. So there is, there's three principles that all the wealthy millionaires, billionaires do. They make money, they save money, and they make money work for them. It's very, it seems very simple. Oh my gosh, a three-step process? It seems very simple, but there's all these obstacles that are going to come at your way. And so you're going to have to be curious. You're going to have to go explore and dive deep, right? And so we all make money somehow, some way, right? We have a primary source of income. Saving money, oh man, that's what a majority of people don't know how to save money. 60% of Americans, if a $1,000 emergency popped up, they would be in debt. 60%. If $1,000 was having to like knock on your door and say, hey, you have to spend it, most people won't have it. They'll have to get into debt. So that saving is huge. And so which leads to this next one, guys, and it's going to be, I'll, I'll pop off this next one because it just transitioned really easy, is people don't have an emergency fund. That was the one thing. That was the one thing I was going to say is that um, the first time I met with a financial advisor, that was the first thing. The first thing that uh, that we worked on is is that you got to have that emergency fund because like things what will come up. What is an emergency fund? Tell me what's the emergency fund. You got to have at least thirty six months worth of uh, of money, pretty much of what you like your your bill, your rent, or mortgage, or whatever it is that you pay today if you lose your job completely no money coming in but this amount of three to six months will, will hold you right in other words um and so or things happen you can pull from without having to pull from one your own money that income is coming in or some investments or your 401k or whatever you got out there this is going to be your your uh safety net if you need to car breaks down whatever right things that are unexpected the storm is going to happen yeah. It's going to happen to everyone. Some people are going to feel it harder because they do not have that nest egg. And some people who have that nest egg, they're good. They're straight. They're going to make that payment and they're going to fill their nest egg back up. Now, how do you get a nest egg? What's the net? Like, how does that even happen? What do some people do? Millionaires do that. Most people don't. This is like the number one foundational step. If you could do anything, what would this one thing be? Really just leave it under your means. Like when you get your income, you gotta put that like a percentage they, they of what you make first. Way. 
So yeah. you're there. It's and tracking your money. How do you pay yourself first yeah. if you don't track your money? Yeah. Like this one is real. I have for I think I was like 27 when I first got my financial advisor. For 27 years, I never tracked my money. Kind of like had a budget. Like, hey, if I had if I made more money, then I kind of like spent more money. And then when money got tight, kind of like slowed it down. And then it was just this cycle. Never tracked my money. But we can relate to fitness. If somebody's coming to me and fitness goes, and I don't know how much food they're intaking. I got to know. I got to know what are your habits? What are you overeating? What are you undereating? Right? So I, you have to track it or else you're guessing. See, if you don't tell your money where to go, it's just going to be lost. Yeah. So tracking your money. That's, that's a habit that like none of us have or did, I would say, uh, growing up and stuff like that. Even today, that's one of the things I think um, that, you know, when it comes to education, I think it's on us as parents to teach that to our kids, right? Millionaires teach their kids and their kids' kids like, hey, this is the game. You got you to do this, right? Um, and so, uh, so that's something that, and also with that is just the consumer mindset. Like, I need to consume. I need mm-hmm. to buy, buy, buy. I'm like, that is like, millionaires don't think like that. They don't, they, they're, they're not thinking, um, uh like oh i need a trip i I want i want to take a trip and rent this airplane or jet they're owning jets you know they're not renting or like they're not they're not like paying the hotel they own the hotel fool (laughs) i got a quote it's the the rich stay rich because they live like they are poor and the poor stay poor because they live like they are rich and that's true man like growing up like the Jordans came out. Oh, I gotta have the Jordans. Like I gotta have, I gotta look fly. I need those 200, 500 dollars Jordans. I never really understood that one. I didn't, I couldn't afford it, first of all. But two, I was like, I wanna spend that much money. Like, you know how much like actual, like how much does it actually cost to make? It's like pennies on the dollar, man. Exactly. Um, uh, so <laughs> but that's that consumer mindset. I think that's one thing that uh that millionaires like don't don't have or have taught themselves or they've taught their family generations on it's like hey don't be a consumer you know don't be a consumer we're, we're not looking to buy the shoe we're, we're looking to buy the, the company that makes the shoe <laughs> so going back to tracking after tracking like what's the budget look like there's like ratios out there that i never knew about there's like a ratio of how much money that you make 20, 30% of it should be going to your mortgage. 20% of it should be paying to yourself, to your nest egg, to your investment. And sometimes the rest of it is spent for your living expenses. Like there's different ratios for different types of people. It's more aggressive. It's more general. Um, did, y'all, did y'all look into that? Did y'all see that? I'll be honest. I didn't really look into that, but that is definitely something that, that so what, you hear a lot of people talk about in the finance world, like having that ratio. So one thing that I'm doing is I'm, I'm putting out, I, I divide, divide the ratios a little differently. <laughs> that, that works for me, but I've done, what I'm doing currently is um, uh, 10% is going to just savings of my income, 10% going to savings, uh, 15% is just taxes, taxes, not track my own taxes now. <laughs> um, You're an entrepreneur. You, you, yeah. you pay a lot of taxes, brother. Yeah, and so uh, I'm trying to have more kids. That's why I'm trying to lower it. But yeah, 50%. And then um, 
And then uh, 20%, I'm trying to invest. Um, and so 20% of my income turn to invest and the rest will go to, you know, like the bills and stuff like that. So really limiting myself to like, really going like, going out and stuff like that and if i do it's already like fixed in into like i already know like oh this month is like like this month somebody's birthday valentine's day like all this stuff i know i'm gonna get hit hard so i already kind of had a plan in place to like okay this is i got this right um so that's kind of my ratios right now so then i'm living under my means and it's funny because i also to my wife and i we were doing this while i was telling her the case what we think we're I need to do and she's on board all, all, all the way um, is like if I don't put the money away what do you think it's going to go to we'll spend it it's going to go somewhere like have you been in that situation where you're like you make you track your money how much money's coming in and then you're like and then you're like where'd it all go right have oh. anyone had that moment I have that so many times I, like, I have I that moment because I don't I don't track yeah I was like I have this much money <laughs> And then I was like, how can I be down to like 10 bucks? <laughs> you well, know what I'm saying? I just checked yesterday and I had a G. What happened? And that, for me, I, I don't track one, period. So that's that's my first fall. But then it's so easy. Like now PayPal and Cash App and just you swipe your card. And if you don't have, and I actually had a sit down with, with Jonathan last week, which was, I guess, a win that I forgot to bring up. But just figuring out how to make it easier for me to track multiple accounts and like one main account and it kind of splits off into, I guess, different, different percentages. But like, I don't have a checkbook. I don't write down every transaction I do. So if I just keep swiping and swiping, I have no idea. I mean, I have a general idea, but I, I don't really have a percentage based off of like what I'm spending my money on. So there's no real way I can track anything yeah. based off of one debit card. Yeah. And I just started this. Like, I, I'm not no expert whatsoever. Like, I just started this like this year. Like, this is like, you know, going on my third month where I'm doing this to where, I have different things and that like I told my wife like oh this is so much money I'm having in the bank like our, our spending money he's like did you just get paid I was like well yeah but here let me let me tell you if I put all that counts together this is how much money we have it's like yeah. oh okay I thought we were broke I'm like well, yeah don't count those <laughs> other things <laughs> like don't count those other things man we're trying to stay in the game <laughs> now Chris um how do you do your money because I, we're, we're stuck on this money part because this money part right here, the track and the spending and the budgeting, I think if you mess this up, you're not going to get anywhere else what the millionaires do. <laughs> like if you mess this up, you can't invest. You can't pay for, you can't pay for your life insurance. You can't put money into your rock. Like if you mess this tracking thing up, you're going to be, what is it? Um, just over broke, right? You have a job just over broke is what they call a job. Is uh, What's the real term that I'm looking for here? is uh, you paycheck to paycheck at this point, right? Yeah. If you don't track, you're going to be paycheck to paycheck. We've all been there, which is why we are learning now, right? We're putting the right people in place. So Chris, um, from I know, have you ever been paycheck to paycheck? Because you always just seem like a steady dude that's always just kind of done things right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, in a sense, I've still been kind of paycheck to paycheck, but I'm also trying to put money i i have put, i do put money into investments um like i use different apps like i use acorns to just let it do its own thing like i set it up for an automatic pay every week and then also it takes the change from my credit card to spend like the things i spend on my credit card and just invests into into that account and um and then i also 
I do a little bit of my own like stocks as well that I've been investing in. Um, and then all, obviously the 401k, I, I invest money into that. And then the rest of it, I just make sure that I save a little bit of it. I mean, right now, since I was been trying to get out of debt, I've been putting a little bit more into paying off the debt. Um, but I save a little bit and then I make sure I pay off my bills, my mortgage, car payment, and then, yeah. And then the rest goes towards what, like just the, whatever expenses I have, but go ahead. I was going to say, but like, as far as like tracking, I, I could definitely be better about it. Um, but I just kind of look at my, since I pay everything with credit card anyways, I just kind of see how much I'm spending on each, on those cards. And then like, um, and then just try to make sure that if I'm, if I start spending too much just to kind of taper it off. Um, but I did see something interesting the other, uh, the other day when I was doing some research, someone had said like, look at your bank stake statement for the, the previous month, count everything on there that was a want and not a need. And then reduce that by 50% and put that extra 50% like in, in savings. I was like, wow, that's actually, that's actually pretty smart. <laughs> Man, this learning thing, guys, just from this podcast and, you know, having to study and be curious, it's been like trajectory. I think all of us, I mean, how long we've run this podcast? What number is this? Nine. This is a, nine. Yeah. Two months. We're getting into month three. The leaps and bounds that we've made over the past two months has been ridiculous. Paramount, all from one thing: self development. Why does that? Why is self development so taboo? I don't understand. It's just learning a new skill. Anyways, I got I got a little hyped up there. Like it it hurts me that people think like self development is like, ugh. Like why do I need that? And yeah, like just, for sure, like learning, bro, like you're just learning. I learned, I learned a lot from like from from Chris, like from Chris's credit thing. Um, I explained it to my wife. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's kind of smart." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh, but um, you got free stuff by buying stuff, <laughs> dude. I, I did. I went to uh, applied for the Apple um, credit card, um, and it, everything I get one percent cash back on pretty much everything. If I use the Apple Pay, I get two percent back any apple products or anything i buy through the apple app or whatever um mm-hmm. i get three percent back on that so uh, nice. so back to millionaire and money we just kind of hit on the topic because most millionaires what they do with their money is they actually invest back into themselves not only do they invest money into real estate stock market something that's going to get them a bigger return on their investment but they invest in themselves through books, through mentors, through experts, through education, right? Where yeah, they went seminars, to- yeah. Like they spend so much money into themselves to be able to get these other streams of income because you only know what you know. And at this point in my life, books are a way bigger return on my investment than college, than than Harvard, than Yale, than anything like this, because you, you're thou, you're hundreds and thousands of dollars in debt, and one fifty cent book that you can get from the half book sale or whatever the case may be could literally change your life, change your life for the better from one book. And I'm not talking about no inspiration book. I'm talking about knowledge based books, very specific to get you from point A to point B. 
Like I value books just as much as I value somebody going to Harvard, somebody going to Yale. That's how I see books. It is literally giving you point A to point B. And I'm not talking about the inspiration books at all. I'm talking about straight knowledge. Now, I'm not going to knock anybody who goes to Yale. I give them props because they decided to invest. At the end of the day, they still invested hundreds and thousands of dollars on education. I can't knock them. That's why they make more money than general population is they, they invested hundreds and thousands of dollars into themselves. And you can't even invest $20 on a book, 50 cent on a book, $2 on a book. Like, I think that's where a mindset, mindset shift is from millionaires to the rest of us is that piece right there. Yeah, you know I, yeah I think I 100% agree on that. Like we didn't, like, as most of the population doesn't really put in the time in to invest in their own self, right? They're too kind of, they're, they're kind of in, the, in the rat race. And I put myself in that like before that we started this like kind of this little group, this book club, started as a book club type of thing. Um, and then um, I really didn't really, I would read books that were like assigned to me almost, right? From like my job and stuff like that or something I was maybe really interested in. But um, uh, but yeah, I mean, so much so like in the story of my time I've learned just by reading, uh, just doing research and stuff like that. Um, I kind of blew my mind on why I didn't like start, you know, this uh, personal development journey sooner. It's crazy. Um, it is so, crazy. Yeah. Whenever I found a problem, I read a book and that book led to other books. Then I ran into another problem. I just, you know what I became really good at? Just becoming a problem solver. At the end of the day, if I could teach my kids how to solve problems, I can be okay in my head that they're gonna go out and do whatever they wanna do in the world because they can solve problems, right? And I think that's how most entrepreneurs make their bread. They're solving a problem. And that's what basically the definition of an entrepreneur is, it's a problem solver. There it goes. Now, are we missing anything? Because I think I covered off my list that I believe that millionaires do with their money than the rest of us. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the things I think it's, it's building assets is one of the big things like I'm really into right now, just building assets, like building, making like because when we say like have like my money or millionaires have their money make money. Like really specifically, right? Just building assets, things, right? Little machines that make you money. So like the stock market, um, housing, like real estate investment, property management, like those things are huge um, in uh, in um, with them. But only that they also know like how to. I want to say manipulate, but um, they know the loops when it comes to like tax breaks and things like that. All right. So like for those that don't know, like 401ks um, also not only was there to like supplement like pensions, right? To where, right? Um, yeah, pensions now is really, it's unheard of really, to be honest with you. Like a lot of companies don't even offer you a pension and stuff like that. They offer you a 401k, right? But it's also yeah. to, you don't get tax on it. So that is one of the, the kind of the perks of a 401k. At least not until you pull out the money. Right. Yeah. Right, right. They don't get taxed on it. Get taxed on it like later, right? When you retire and things like that. Right now, you get taxed on it. Um, and then the Roth IRAs, that's one. It's like it's actual. It's already taxed, right? It's already taxed for the Roth. Yeah, yeah. And, and not right? the traditional. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't tax you any later anymore. Um, and so, 
Um, so those are the things that you gotta know as well. It's like knowing like those tax things. I mean, there's they know how to play the game. Like they know if um, I'm going to, it's one of the things that I figured like by reading is that if you have like money, like you, an asset that's making money, right? Don't take it out, put it into a trust, right? And then into that trust, right? Now, now the money goes in there. So that has a tax, a different tax, right? Break than if you would have just taken it out. So the, the, these, these millionaire folks, they know how to play that game to where like, oh, I'm going to, or they also create, you know, um, oh, it's slipping me right now, but not only a trust, but they create like a, a shell company, a shell company, it's called something else, for lack for a better word. So they create a company, entity, an entity, an entity where that money goes into, all right? So then you can- Like an LLC from, oh, or, or an S-Corp yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can pull money from that entity and the tax is different too, it's a lot lower. Um, and so like knowing all those things, uh, just by reading and knowing, I was like, man, that's crazy. Like um, those are things that, that's how they, cause they can keep more of their money. They're not doing anything unlawful. They're just playing the game that's, that's there. No, they're um, not so, just playing the game. You said it. Yeah. You, you said it last podcast, you got to play to win. They're not just playing yeah. the game because we yeah. normal people just play the game. Yeah. They play to win. So when it comes to what you said is tax, they play to win. So they learn the game when it comes to debt. There's good debt, right? There's good debt. There's bad debt. They play to win. So they learn the, the credit game. They learn the tax game and they learn the multiple streams of income game. Like they are learning these games that have been blessed upon them from probably the people, in, uh, the generations before them, or they, like us, are going to just go play to win. Like, we're going to go, right now, we're learning how to win, right? We're learning how to play the game. So, I love how you keep saying that because you got to play to win. Yeah, and you're, you mentioned, like, big, like, one of the biggest things that millionaires have is, like, they have multiple sources of income. So, that's okay. whether it's a business, uh, there's investments, and... Even or if they still have a job too, it could be their nine to five job too. Um, but they have multiple sources of income coming in. And uh, you were talking. Uh, Victor was talking about like the like having the assets and like putting them into trusts and stuff. Not only are they doing them for the tax breaks, but they're doing it like especially if you own a business. Like they're doing it so. If they if someone like you get in a car accident or something, and someone tries to sue you, you're covered because they can't go after your business. They can't go after your money if your money isn't in your name. So if it's in an if it's in a trust, or if it's in yeah, or if your if your business is in a trust as well, like they can't. There's no way they can attack that. So you can have maybe like a hundred dollars in your savings account, and that's all they can go after you for. Yeah, that, that part too. That part's crazy too. Is that they, they all do that? Like it's 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 just it's just crazy. It's just like knowing, like, and this is just knowledge that's been passed on, right? It's not something that you know. It's just like, hey, this is how, right? This is how it's done, right? This is how it's done, and then every generation just continues on, right? Um, so that that's the biggest part for me is just building that legacy, like all the things that we're learning. It's like. Just building mm -hmm. that for our kids' kids. And I told my wife, we're probably like, probably our great, great grandkids. People are not even going to meet. Are you going to like, 
Trust fund like, babies. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I would, I would love to be a trust fund. Like, trust fund babies, like, that term gets a knock. But if my kids are trust fund babies, I'm cool with it. You can talk to all the mess you want. Like, if I get them set up, my grandkids and so on and so forth, everybody can be a trust fund baby. I'm cool with that one. I'm straight as long as they learn the system. Yeah. yeah. Right, because it's a double-edged sword both ways. That trust fund baby could lose all their money or they can keep this thing going. It just takes one of these fools to mess it up. Super important for financial literacy because some 14, 13-year-old kid knows this right now from word to word. Yeah. He's like, they're barely learning this. Yeah. Literally, some 13, 14-year-old kid who comes from a trust fund or some kind of wealth, this has already been, um, what's that word? Stove upon. What is it? Mm. Anyway, they've already <laughs> been taught this. This is basic for them. They know they need life insurance or permanent life insurance. They know they need to invest their mon- money early on into real estate or stocks. They, they, they know they need multiple streams of income. They know they need to budget and spend wisely with their money. They know they need to make their money work harder for them. Like these things they know, man, for a majority of us, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even click here because we were never taught. And so I want to go on a quick point because, you know, I want this podcast to go a little bit smoother. I want you guys to walk away with something that you're attached to. And that way you can go down that bunny hole and go into self-discovery mode. But um, what was the one thing that I wanted to do? I went blank. Shoot. On a stick, bro. Well, uh, while you think about that, I was going to say, like, Hmm. when, uh, when Vic was talking about loopholes and, like, how they get tax breaks, it just made me think of a seminar I did years ago before I even moved to Texas. And I've told this story a million times, but it just blew my mind that I, I, I mean, I, I just tell, I, I just repeat it all the time, but there was this guy that was speaking and this dude, like, it was like, I think it was, I think it was a March. Mm. Um, so it was like only three months into the year and he was saying, so you have that once you hit like whatever two hundred fifty thousand, you get put into that uh, that certain tax uh, tax uh, um, bracket. bracket. And uh, so what he does to kind of minimize the taxes is he so he has pictures of his daughter and his wife in his in his seminars. And uh, so what he does is he pays his daughter two hundred and forty nine thousand to be a model for his. For his seminar, he pays his wife two hundred and forty nine thousand dollars to to be a model for his seminar. So like that's already f- about five hundred thousand dollars that he doesn't like that keeps him under the tax bracket. That's and smart. and and then another thing he said to, to me that like kind of blew my mind was he's like he's like so like I have I own three cars or he's like I have three cars I have like a Ferrari, some muscle car and some other car that's like his three favorite cars. He said, but I, I was like, I, he said he leases them, but he's like, I just so happen to own a leasing company and I just so <laughs> happen to have my, my favorite cars. So it's like, I'm basically taking money out of one pocket and putting it into another pocket. So and I was like, and then he gets the tax break because of the business. For anybody listening, what Chris is saying is the wealthy don't want high income. High income gets taxed. So your doctors, your lawyers, anybody that makes over three, four hundred k, five hundred, six hundred k as their income, their primary source of income, they get taxed the hardest. So that's why 
you want to learn the games of investments. You want to learn the games that you don't want high income because what that guy did was all like, oh, I don't want to be in this tax bracket. How can I throw this money away but still circle back? And so he, he played the game to win. He played the tax game to win. He understood the tax game. And so I was going to go with the point before I blanked out was just from the like the the nine to five with people. When we talk about multiple streams of income, I think the misconception there is they'll get another job. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, a lot of people would think, yeah, you, just get a second job. You don't trade time for money. That's it not how multiple long. streams of income works, because if you or either you don't trade time for money, you don't get multiple jobs. Because at the end of the day, or you don't get a high paying job either. Like, because guess what? If you're an employee, once you stop working, once you get fired, once you get let's go, whatever the case may happen, whatever you have is not steady. All right. You're working for somebody's dream. They can, you're disposable, brother. Somebody can come fall in right after you. Once you stop making that money, once you stop, the money stops. Multiple streams of income is I do, I want to make money in my sleep. So that's how millionaires at the bottom base of the line, that's how they stay millionaires. Yeah, money is money abundant is. to them. Like they, they see money as being abundant. They don't have that scarcity mindset like the typical nine to five does, which like, so they're not worried about losing some of that money. Like if they make a bad investment, cause they know they can make it back. Like there's, there's a ton of money out there. Uh, but their their main thing is they want to buy their time back. That's what they want. They don't care. It's not they don't care about the money that much. It's more about the freedom. Like there was a quote that I I saw the other day. It was money is a tool, not a goal. Freedom is the goal. Mm. Shivers. Let's wrap <laughs> this up. Mm. Quick tangibles. All right, track your money. All right, hire a financial advisor. You you need help with money. All right. Um, you got to invest in yourself like you have to, like you need to invest in yourself. You need to learn a few things and study the game of credit, study the game of taxes. And guys, like it literally, if you just study successful people at the end of the day, they all have the same blueprint. We're all learning the same, like literally just invest your time, guys. Be curious and go after it. Like I always say, y'all want to wrap it. What else y'all got? Wrap this thing up. Oh, no, that was good. Like I said, all this knowledge, all these things that, like, oh, how do I learn this? It is out there, man. There's people out there teaching this stuff. Like, um, and it's not, it's maybe a couple hundred dollars. Even if it was 10000 it, it, like, it, people are teaching it out there. Like, there's so much free it, stuff, too. Um, way. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much free stuff on YouTube and like Ian has mentioned in the past, like on TikTok now, like there's people talking about this stuff and you can there's find it on everything. that will teach you this stuff too. This yeah, podcast. Exactly. <laughs> not, exactly. not even this podcast. There's literally yeah. like the the oh, millionaires, yeah. they're more, uh, another stream of income is YouTube or or Spotify just just having like a podcast out there teaching what they've learned and it's just it's nuts. Yeah, with their sp sponsors and everything else. If you didn't take anything out of it, track your money, see where your money's going, and let that burn. And don't depend on your 401k to and social security to take care to of take, take care of you in retirement. Nope. Take care of yourself, brother. Make sure especially, you, take care of you first. Especially when we're older, we might not even have the social security. Like that's what they keep saying. Yeah. So it's like, which is BS because we put all that money into it and we don't even get any of it. Right. 
a big a big takeaway for me uh again is back to the life insurance is uh i'm too stingy to gamble with money like maybe a little in stocks but not to put a ton but there are a little bit less risky ways to invest your money for you to get stuff out of this is something that i've learned um so if it's something again like life insurance that's a bet i'm willing to make uh, because I know there's a lot more out of it that I would get um, while I'm here and also when I'm past this life. So that's my big, big takeaway. Uh, to close it out, though, roll call for the week. Uh, Jonathan, what you got for the week, man? I need to find a book, brother. <laughs> I need to find a book. Yeah, I actually have two that you suggested. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I finished my book today. I still got it done for the end of the month, though, as <laughs> as, as you know, we're recording, not when this comes out, but I got it done. Um, I think my next one, willpower doesn't work. It's either willpower doesn't work or personality isn't permanent. I don't know which one. I would probably about. do the personality one okay. because I feel like you that one might you cling to the most. And I feel okay. that one would like be beneficial because personality evolves, guys. Like it evolves. Don't stick to it too long. Like we have to evolve to grow. But listeners, if you're curious, it's by Benjamin Hardy. He's got a couple books out that Jonathan says are pretty good. So I'm moving, fellas. Oh, oh dang. Thursday. Thursday. I'm moving. I got a I got a thing. Yeah. At, <laughs> at twelve. I got I got movers this time around. Well, we got movers this time around. So okay. well, whenever you want to when you want to get a if you want to get a brewski to to <laughs> ease the stress Vic what you got for the week man uh it's training man training um really gonna dig down on my um uh, nutrition part so I took a certification last month learned a whole lot so I'm gonna put all that knowledge to work on myself so you know maybe next time you see me I'll be ripped or something um Yo. so a month from now I'm looking for Jonathan but no yeah no i just just focused on really my business really focusing on that um trying to make it grow so um and helping my wife as well her new business and just kids stuff like that nice chris what you got for the week brother um work um and then i do have a, a, a meeting with um your guys' financial advisor. Um, so I'm nice. actually going to meet up with him and just have an introduction with him. Uh, Jonathan, you forgot to mention, I mean, you mentioned earlier in, at the beginning of the podcast, but you also have the meeting with the, with the broker. Yep. The goat of all brokers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, um, I'm hoping my book will come in. I ordered it last week, but it seems like it might take a couple of weeks. So I have another book on hand if I need to, because I don't want to wait too long. Um, nice. Yeah. Hey, yeah, shout no. out to all you guys. We kept this bad boy under an hour or just yeah. an hour on the dot. We got 60 seconds. Let's yeah. go hurry. I gotta go. I gotta understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, we for week for me. Uh follow up with Mr. Kid. I gotta send some stuff in and then we gotta get the physical and they gotta check all the goodies and make sure you know policy is in place. Um I also have to set up a um a meeting with my bank to uh to kind of follow the steps that jonathan set up that way i can track my financials better and build that uh that uh nest egg but um good podcast boys i'm uh, I'm gonna close it out i'm gonna leave everybody with a quote uh from mr dave ramsey Uh, he says financial peace isn't the acquisition of stuff it's learning to live on less than you make 
so you can give money back and have money to invest. You can't win until you do this. Uh, we were born to be great. Go be great. As always, thank you for joining us today. Until next time, peace and love. <laughs>